And as we begin the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show, um, we are joined by John Hendricks. And uh, we're going to talk some Saints football with him. As promised, John is on the phone line with us now. He is the Saints lead writer and reporter for Saints News over at Sports Illustrated. Good morning, John. How are you? Good morning, Scott. I'm doing good. Just uh, trying to figure out this Louisiana weather and, and warm up a little bit right yeah, now. I, you know, you could leave early in the morning when it's dark. I do every morning, and then I have to layer up because I get cold easily. And then sometimes I'll come outside at leave work around like two to pick up some of my kids, and I'm like, what happened? Now I'm just sweating everywhere. So, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I wish I had some windows in the studio so I could see, but I can't. So uh, I, I'll just go I'll just do based on what they tell me whatever the weather's like luckily the Saints don't have to worry about the weather Sunday it's indoors Chicago is visiting the Saints not vice versa but I don't know if you heard my open there um it, it has Paul Allen's voice in there and Paul Allen Touchdown! I, I think of him because he's like his calls are part of some of the best and worst Saints play. Why do you ponder passing? This is not Detroit. This is the Super Bowl. That's like, you know, iconic for Saints fans. And then the Minneapolis Miracle is just just like nails on a chalkboard to Saints fans. And I imagine somewhat iconic for Vikings fans, whatever. My point is the Saints postseasons, John, have given us some incredibly high moments and in, in the 09 season, you know, the 2010 playoff run from the 09 season is 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 full of them. But, boy, a lot of these other playoff moments over the years have been just a lot of heartbreak, very stressful, a lot of anxiety. How are you and how do you think Saints fans are feeling going into this game where the Saints are the biggest favorite this weekend in the wild card round? Yeah, and look, you mentioned Paul Allen. I, I'll give you another one, too. You remember, uh, I think it was 2003 when, when the Vikings oh, yeah. lost in the regular season to the Cardinals. I remember that call fondly. He's oh. got... Uh, an incredible voice, but you know, I think I, yeah, let's. I, I, I think I think I've got it in here somewhere. If if you want to just hear oh, it, real, why not? Let's 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 just cue it up because it's it is just it makes me smile every time, even though it doesn't involve the Saints. I think we need to listen. Okay. 17, 16, 15. See, they have to go deep into the end zone. We better put some people in the end zone, right, Joe? That's exactly right. I mean, there's Back nobody there. inside the tent. There it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown. Takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. I believe it was caught by Nate Poole. Oh, uh, I mean, it's like he foreshadows it, you know, like he says, we got to get, we got to get people back. Like what's going on? No, man, I, I, I had him on the show once and all I did was just, was just ask. All right. Last one. I promise. Last one. Snap. Good spot down. Walsh's kick is up and it is no good. He missed it. Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that. He- all right. All right. That's enough for Paul. And I, it's my fault for bringing it up, but, um, but man, I I hope that it's not a, a an ending like that, you know, with Zach Streif on the call because I I don't I don't think my blood pressure could take it anymore, John. Honestly. Yeah, look, I I'm with you. I think a lot of people probably just get physically ill and probably vomit if it ends up like that or something like that. But you know, it's it just going back to what you were asking. I mean, look, you know, it, it's um, a scary thought with them being so favored. We've seen them favored in games like. 
uh, against the Eagles and those types of games just for whatever reason chose a big challenge. And look, I mean, again, you just you know you've seen what's what's happened with this team. They're getting healthy at the right time. They should get their guys back. They should get Deontay Harris back. They'll get Patrick Robinson back. They should get Michael Thomas back. They should uh, get Marcus Williams back. I mean, uh, the only question mark here is Alvin Kamara. And I, I think from everything I've heard, it, it sounds like it's promising. Of course, we'll have to just wait and see. But, you know, there's no excuses. I mean, this is this put up or shut up. And obviously you've got three games to, to win to get to the Super Bowl. That is your goal. That is what this team needs to do. And, um, you know, presumably this is the last run for Drew Brees and uh, all the core that's been intact. You don't know if you're going to have guys like Trey Hendrickson back. You don't know if you're going to have guys like Marcus Williams back. And there's a lot to figure out after this season. And you're just you, – you've got uh, GM positions being interviewed with Terry yeah. Fontenot, Jeff Ireland. There's a lot of lot of moving parts here. And for the Saints, um, you know, you just hope that this is this is the time that they can make it work. And I feel like – Against Chicago, they are the superior team here. I think they can go toe-to-toe with teams like Tampa and, and Green Bay. I think they are to, to get to the Super Bowl, but we've seen it year after year. There's just always those moments. Your, your margin for error is slim to none here. And in the past, in the postseason, we've seen those those um, those types of things come to rear its ugly head. So I feel good about it on Sunday. Um, but, you know, it's again, it's, this is a team that's going to have to execute and – and come out swinging and firing all cylinders, and they have no no room to to let Chicago hang in there. The fact that they, you know, not Kamara or the running backs, but they played a, a lot of their starters last week, and Breeze seemed to be getting into a rhythm, and and they were able to handle Carolina. Um, and I mean, Ken Crowley played one snap, and he got an interception. I mean, it was that kind of day for the Saints. <laughs> do you, do you feel like momentum wise? Because I, I think of last year and just. You, I mean, you were, you were there. John was there. You go into the dome on that Sunday, and you're like, it just the energy just kind of feels off here. And the way the game started, it was like the the Saints were hanging around. It was probably closer than it should have been the year before. Granted, they I'm talking about the divisional round. You know, they beat Philly, but they got down early. You know, they had to convert on a fourth and goal. It seems like the last two years in terms of their first playoff game, one a win, one a loss. They just haven't come out with the urgency that you need to, that the opponent did. And I don't I don't know how the Bears are going to come out, but I just want to see a sense of urgency more than anything else on Sunday because, like you said, it's put up or shut up. Yeah, look, and, and you remember the NFC Championship game against Ugh. the Rams. They came out firing, and they were, they were yeah. looked like they were going to cruise the victory, and then it just it, it went south on them, obviously. But, look, I'm with you. I, I think the energy obviously has to come out there. You know what's at stake. Um, Chicago is a team that I think you can learn a lot of things from the first meeting, but obviously, you know, Strubisky is a lot better uh, this time around because you didn't play him. You know, you played against Mick Foles the first game mostly, and, uh, you know, you know what they have uh, on the run game. You know, defensively, there are some matchups you can exploit. I mean, look what Aaron Rodgers did to him last week. It, they're definitely not invincible or impenetrable or anything like that. And, you know, I think the biggest question marks is, is the passing game. And Darnell Mooney is a guy who's and looked really good. But, you know, I, I think when you look at the matchups on the Saints team, uh, a lot of it's going to live, breathe, and die by how they can control the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, the offensive line being healthy is, is key. You know, um, uh, again, wh- whoever runs the ball, it's encouraging to see somebody – 
like Ty Montgomery get over 100 yards, right? And, and I mean, that's just significant for him. And, you know, uh, again, there's other mismatches. There's other things that you look at when you peel back. Is, is I think Alex Angel only did good in his first test filling in for Quan Alex, Alexander. And I think that was good for him just to have. But, again, you know, you talk to guys and you hear Sean Payton, you hear Drew Brees talk about it. You want to be ascending into – to get into the playoffs, Jared Cook said it the other week, you want to be playing your best ball in December. Um, you know, obviously we knew what happened with the Chiefs game. That was just a kind of a close type of thing, and, and they did as well as they could, right, all things considered. And uh, I think this team has been playing some of their best football the past several games. And, look, you just hope it carries over. I think sometimes when you have a bye week, you know, it's good on one hand because you get rest and stuff, but we've seen teams come out flat. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with Green Bay or Kansas City or anything like that. But, you know, I think for New Orleans, a team that's playing some of their best football, especially playing at home, I get there's not going to be a lot of fans, obviously. But, you know, this is going to be a, a good good spot for them to come in and, and really uh, exercise some past demons. And, you know, again, just because they'll take care of Chicago doesn't mean it's over with, but it's going to be the first big step and first big hurdle that a lot of people are kind of nervous about. John Hendricks, our guest, Saints lead writer, reporter at Saints News over at Sports Illustrated, at John J. Hendricks on Twitter. Um, I, I have maintained that my biggest concern for the Saints in the postseason, and I've been saying it for, I guess, the last six weeks, is the interior of the offensive line. Uh, they played great on Sunday, and that was against the Carolina team that, frankly, just was – they were they were <laughs> one, two, three Cabo. I mean, they were ready. They were ready for the offseason. And I know that Teron Armstead has been terrific, and he's on the outside, and he's been taking souls, and Ramchek is, you know, uh, criminally underrated by, by others around the league. But between Pete, who was awesome on Sunday. I mean, it, it, talk about Jekyll and yep. Hyde, man. I mean, it's like some days it's like – Okay, yeah, you look like a Pro Bowler there. And other times, you know, he's he's not as he's probably not as good as three straight Pro Bowls would suggest, but he's not as bad as Saints suggest. But it's just a, a consistency <laughs> thing. And obviously, his mistakes are just kind of out there in the open. Whereas a lot of O lines mistakes, they're just they're not as much. Ruiz is not, you know, uh, I mean, he's he's not getting reps ahead of Nick Easton right now. So the first round pick still has a way to go. And Easton's dealing with concussions here and there. I just I I think about. The NFC Championship game, and 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 while the no call just makes everyone nauseous, that's that roots for the Saints. I also remember, like you said, when the Rams started making their comeback and the issues in the interior of that old line. I think about last year against the Vikings and all of the issues and Drew Brees. You got, I mean, look, <laughs> his lung was was barely functioning just last month, and and almost half of his ribs were broken. You got to protect the guy. And the Bears, offensively, they're not great, but they got a pretty good defense. And I, that's my number one concern. On your list of biggest concerns, what's a two-part question, John? What's number one for you? And what is the thing on the Saints that you're least concerned about going into the postseason? Look, I think it is the interior uh, offensive line. Again, you know, um, it was good to see Nick Easton back. I mean, he missed a handful of games with a nasty concussion. I mean, it was the, the second one he had suffered in almost, uh, you know, a month span. And so that's obviously concerning, and those things are not to, something to mess around with. Um, you know, that's the the blocking is, is you just want to make sure it's still there. Chicago's a tough run front, obviously. But, you know, I think there's obviously success to be had, you know, uh, Taysom Hill was a guy who ran off uh, the field early. I, I'm pretty sure, but you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that you got to pay attention to because the Saints do use him in a lot of looks. 
Um, they are already down Josh Hill with a hand finger. I know Adam Troutman's been doing well, but you know you suddenly look at you know when you're looking at blocking, Hill's a lot of, uh, plays a lot of a uh, role for the Saints' offense, especially a Joker on tight end. And look, you just can't afford to to not have some of your best blockers in this game. And um, you know, and this is a game too. You you don't have Traquan Smith, and I think Marquez Callaway's has done a lot better in, in the blocking aspect. He's been an extremely Fantastic find for this defense. So, again, I'm with you. I think the blocking is obviously going to be a big concern because the Saints work off of that timing. They work off of precision and such. I think that it it'll, it tends to be a, a strong suit for them going into this game. But I think if you're looking, that's what's got me most concerned. Facing Chicago and a good defense. Least concern, honestly, I think it's the defense. Um, you know, they got Malcolm Brown last back last, uh, against the Panthers. That's a huge for that interior line. I think um, defensively in the secondary play has been outstanding. You know, the only thing that I'd really like to see more is, is the pass rush. And, and again, uh, Trey Hendrickson's done. I mean, you picked up right where he's left off. But guys like Marcus Davenport and Cam Jordan. I mean, this is this is the time where they need their pass rushers, you know, premier pass rushers to do things. And um, they there, and they've got to force some disruption plays and stuff. So. Uh, for me, I don't think they're going to have a, as big an issue moving the football. I think they'll be doing well there. It's just those fine points in the game where you got to make sure that you're not a half second late to let a big play develop for the for the Bears. You know when you should have had somebody like Trubisky down. And you know I think some people have talked about him being mobile and being able to to get away from some plays, but I don't I don't see that as necessarily the game plan for Chicago. I think they're going to try to run it. They're going to try to move the football in a, a variety of ways try to be out in the flats, and that's where uh, the Saints' defense has gotten a lot better since the beginning of the year. But, you know, I think those are the two areas that I'm looking looking to the most for this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine, I mean, Matt Nagy's not exactly, a, I wouldn't call him a, a, a good NFL coach. You know, his resume is, it's okay, started out good and has since not been all that great. But um, but if he goes into that and, and has a game plan for Mitch Trubisky to try to win in the game, then obviously – it's not going to happen for Chicago. They want to take that out of his hands, let him be a game manager, and one way to, you know, force it in Strubisky's hands, like you said, get pressure on the quarterback. But more than anything, just don't let the run game get going. David Montgomery is is a good player, and and frankly, they haven't used them enough this year. So um, defensively, I think I think that's the big key there. But as long as the like, is there any scenario where the Saints lose this game if they don't lose the turnover battle, John? I mean, if you kind of talked about it earlier, if they come out flat and have to play from behind, let them put some long drives together and just take the offense on the field. And then I think what you've seen out of the Saints, we always talk about it and we always look at it, but, you know, the complete game. Um, you know, again, Deontay Harris back in the return game is going to be huge. He can flip the field and field position just like that. I think one of the biggest challenges is obviously getting your offense and defense on the same page and I know it seems like a no-brainer but like well of course we want to see the offense and the defense play well but you know we've seen games where the offense looks amazing and the defense looks like garbage and vice versa right and it's just never been that that complete you know where you have both sides clicking at the same time or you know when the defense starts bad they'll get their act together but then the offense can't get their act together you know it's just been that type of of thing that's happened to them but you know, as long as that doesn't happen and they can get some points on the board early, uh, obviously I think going into this game, 
momentum and energy, that's not going to be something that they're going to have to struggle to find. I think this team has been playing with a lot of energy for a while now. And so the only scenario I could see is if, if, um, if they can, they, they get down early, you know, because Chicago comes out with an outstanding game plan and it just stops them defensively and they're having to play catch up. I, I think it's, it's, that's going to be the worst, uh, worst thing. Not that they can't overcome a lead, you know, or deficit, excuse me, but, um, you know, getting into a hole early against the Bears team is, is not ideal for this team at all because then you're having to change up the game plan a little bit. You're having to do a lot of different things, and then you start forcing things. And once you know uh, that you have to start forcing things, that's going to create even more problems for this team. You're playing into their strengths. Uh, Saints lead writer, reporter John J. Hendricks, our guest, at John J. Hendricks on Twitter. Um, check out all his stuff over at Saints News over at Sports Illustrated. John, wh- what – what do you think the biggest X factor slash wild card is for the Saints this postseason? Uh, you know, I think uh, getting Michael Thomas back is the biggest thing, and um, you know, I think Kamara is probably the easy one because he's just been playing so well. Um, but you know, I think you have to uh, go into this game and assume that you're not going to have him, and maybe it's going to be with Avius Murray that's going to be running the football with Ty Montgomery. And again, it, it's got an ideal situation, but Michael Thomas, this guy hits another level in the postseason. I mean, again, I, I joked about it uh, when they first got into the playoffs, you know, 2017, in that Vikings game. I mean, it, it's reminiscent of Larry Fitzgerald. And he just, for whatever reason, Fitzgerald hits another level in the postseason. It's a shame he's, he's hanging it up, and obviously, but, you know, in the postseason, Thomas is a guy who can come in and dominate. I mean, he's been outstanding in the playoffs. He just is such a huge piece of what the Saints do. I mean, I think he's got 38 catches, 493 yards. I mean, the guy is just has some really good games that he puts together. I think the, the only one he really had stinker was against was the Rams and, uh, and the championship game. But the game before that against Philly, he had almost 200 yards receiving and 12 catches. And so for me, he's a guy who, who has had a season, um, you know, after being the offensive player of the year, I think he's got a huge chip on his shoulder. Obviously, the ankle injury slowed him down uh, tremendously. And then, obviously, the, the one off-field incident or on-the-field uh, or practice incident, if you will. But, you know, this is a guy who's out to prove a ton. Um, and I just think he's going to be hair on fire, just so determined to come in there and, and just want the ball, feed 13, and uh, that'll be huge for the Saints because there's not many that can match up against Thomas and, and win that battle what are the odds Javon Wims uh, gets kicked out of the game? <laughs> that man's look, coming I, to the uh, city, I, as C.D. Deuce tweeted. Yeah, look, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing there is you've got to have cooler heads prevail because, you know, um, I think obviously that'll be something that looks at, and, you know, for whatever reason, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson just gets under people's skin. We saw it with Calvin Ridley in Atlanta. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy is just there. That's another one we, he, that the Saints get back. We didn't even really talk about, but He's um he's he's a special breed, man, and and look, you know, he's the type of guy that you just love that he's on your team, and if you you were going against him, you just hate the guts, they hate hate his guts tremendously. But you know, I think it'll be uh, some some interesting moments, and uh, I just you know, for me, life me, I I just wish I knew what he said to people just to see. But I think that'll be something that you'll see a little bit of uh, during the game. Whatever it is, man, it just it. It works. I mean, the guy is obviously taking plenty of punches and just kind of keeps rolling with it. So uh, we'll see 
that little, uh, you know, it's not, it's not on, uh, you know, it's not the the A storyline in this game. You know, it's a little farther back on the on, in the program, maybe the D or E storyline, but it's worth paying attention to a little bit between plays. John Hendricks, our guest, uh, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. I'm Scott Brather. You know, I I think you're you're spot on with Michael Thomas in terms of being the wild card. Uh, this postseason for the Saints. For me, an X factor obviously is the thing that's been the X factor all year, John, and that's that's COVID nineteen. And uh, you know, as 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 crazy as the the forty eight hours leading up to the season finale was, uh, or seventy two hours rather, it just it, it, I said it on social media. I said this is nothing. I mean, if this was happening next week, everybody would be in full on panic mode and. A lot of folks said, well, aren't they? couldn't it still have packed them next week? I said, yeah, but not to the extent. No other running backs have tested positive yet. Kamara could be back if they play Sunday. You know, it's totally, and it's, it's just not the playoffs. It's just different. So you get to the playoffs. I, Sean Payton said before the season, whichever team manages COVID best this year is going to probably have the best chance to win a Super Bowl. Well, that's never been more true than now with the 14 teams that are left. The NFL, if, if suddenly Breeze or Wilson or Rodgers – test positive a few days before a playoff game, they're not going to to push a whole like a whole playoff like one game back another week and just just push the whole thing back. I mean, I guess if like, you know, every player on every team got it, yeah, that's obviously not it. The NFL got through 256 games, but they also gave themselves a lot of loopholes. They played games every day of the week. They had games where Denver didn't have a quarterback, and everybody was like, that's kind of gross. And then they got over it. Why? Because it was Denver and it wasn't the playoffs. Now you're here. The NFL is hoping and praying, but I know every coach is too. Now, Sean didn't want to talk at all yesterday or Sunday about COVID, but I can only imagine what he told Alvin Kamara and that team. Like, what? What? what try to go into the mind of the guy who gives you y'all death stares on Zoom calls what what do you think Sean's message to his team right now is? Kamara's arguably the best player on the team, and and you know if he was a practice squad player, he would have been cut immediately. Obviously, Kamara's fine, and they they need him. But gosh, I just I can only like like Alvin said, I don't like people saying bleep to me. I imagine Sean said a lot of bleep to him, a whole lot. Yeah, look, and it wasn't just him, right? It was T.J. Gardner Johnson too, and and so I mean, again, smart. You got to you got to be smart. You got to be a veteran type of player and again it's just one of those things where you've you've done the, the things that you're supposed to do for so long why why risk it why break it and you know Sean Payton it, we 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 know behind the scenes that there's probably tons of bleeps that go off on it you know and you know again Sean loves loves him to Alvin Kamara right he loves his players he, he has a tight relationship with a lot of them um he talked a, a week ago just about how they really helped keep him young and stuff like that. And again, you know, for somebody like Kamara, it's, it's probably like, hey, you gotta be smarter than that. Don't 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 do anything stupid and jeopardize your spot with this team and, and such. And obviously, there's some frustration that goes along with it because I mean, they paid this man a lot of money and he's done extremely well all season. But you know, all that if you are out because of COVID and there's no work around or way around it, obviously, um, you know all that sometimes could become null and void if you miss a playoff game and the Saints lose and you think, man, well, if Kamara, what didn't just do that? You know, what would have happened? I mean, we're left with all these what-if scenarios. And so, look, again, I'm sure there was some conversation there. Uh, and I think there's something from the veterans in this team, you know, guys like Malcolm Jenkins and, and Drew and, and all these different ones probably had some things. And, 
just like they handled the Michael Thomas situation, just like they handled the Drew Brees situation in the offseason. I mean, this is a good veteran leadership team. Um, and again, you know, I, I think that the message has probably landed. And right now, as right now stands, as long as you're not asymptomatic or anything has anything like that, then I think we're okay. But uh, if something comes up and he suddenly starts feeling like garbage, then, then it's going to be a little bit harder of a conversation and a little bit more scrutinized. But again, this time of the year with COVID, you, you mentioned it, you got to be smart. You got to go to hard things that are just going to allow you because you've got one shot at this and that's it. I feel like it's at least one game in the postseason. The NFL is really praying it's not the Super Bowl, but I feel like it's going to have a big impact. There's going to be a key player, and I'm just I'm just hoping it's not the Saints. But um, in a weird way, you could say, well, maybe a blessing in disguise, right? Because it happens just before the playoffs. Everybody is going to be extremely diligent with the masks and team meetings and doing every little thing because it's contact tracing. They don't want to lose a positional group, and uh, and and obviously, you know, if, if Alvin did it, um, you know, I don't know. It just it seems like if it was going to happen, might as well happen just before the postseason so you can really hammer that point home rather than if it was all the way back in week two and guys maybe start getting a little more relaxed. Yeah, look, I mean, I, the silver lining here is obviously it happened earlier in, in the wild card round and it's not going to be uh, something that, you know, you're not looking at a divisional or championship game and, and you're saying, golly, you're not going to have your, one of your best players or the best offensive player on the field for this because of COVID, you know. And, again, stuff can still happen, obviously, here. But, uh, you again, you look across the league, you look at all these 14 teams, it's probably just a matter of time that you're going to hear X player test positive and stuff. And then you see what happened with Tampa. Um, they're going to be without some of their key linebackers because they have to play on Saturday. And Bruce Arians isn't happy about it. And I get it. You know, and, um, you know, suddenly you look at Washington and <laughs> you joke because they're, they, you know, you make the argument, hey, this team shouldn't even be in it. But, you know, missing a key place, uh, their defense like that, not saying, I, I'll say this, I don't see Tampa losing to Washington whatsoever. But, you know, if they somehow manage to get upset and you're like, man, we didn't have our best linebacker on the field or these types of things, then, it suddenly becomes a problem and a vendetta and all. It just opens up Pandora's box. You you know how this goes. John Hendricks has been our guest. Last question, John. Uh, and, guys, give him a follow on Twitter if you're not already, at John J. Hendricks, lead writer and reporter for Saints News over at Sports Illustrated. Uh, all indications, the swan song for Drew Brees. Uh, no better way to have a swan song if you're a quarterback than, than winning a Super Bowl. Odds aren't in the Saints' favor, right? They're in the field. I would probably rank them fourth. Um, in terms of AFC and NFC, if you stack them all up, but they've got maybe the deepest roster, and they have they have a chance to do it here, John. It's just it's hard, man. It's it's a big field here. They didn't get the buy. They need a lot of things to bounce their way. How are you feeling about the Saints' chances today, going into this postseason, to to win a Lombardi and Drew can um, you know get that send off that I think every every all time great dreams of. Look, I I feel like they just got to get to the dance. That's the biggest thing. And I, I feel like they can can get there. I think there's a lot of things, even if they have a situation where, you know, let's just play it out. They win. Um, Seattle wins. And, and then you got Tampa winning. Obviously, Tampa would go to Green Bay. I think that's a huge storyline. Rodgers against Brady, obviously, that would be 
probably how the NFL wants it, right? And then um, you'd have the Seahawks, which are an iffy team. I just uh, they, they're so so Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know how to figure them out, but they would you know presumably come to the Superdome. I feel good about that matchup. At least two games in the Superdome. Then you'd look at if you're going to be Breeze versus Brady for a championship, and or Breeze versus Rogers potentially. And I think that would be ideal um, for. You know, New Orleans, and I, again, I think they can beat Green Bay if they face them again. I, I think even if they play Tampa a third time, they can beat them. But they've got to make sure that they're not looking ahead. Um, I, I just think they can get to the dance, and if they can get there, then this team can really do some some amazing things. I, I believe that this is their shot. This is their window. Um, you know, again, there's so much riding on on this, and. This team, we've seen what they're capable of. And, you know, look, I think this is the time where you just pull out all the stops and you see Petty Sean Payton. You're going to see a lot of different things in this, this type of realm, and they're going to need it because they they have no no room for error here. There's, there's, there's no what-ifs or anything like that. You put your foot on the gas, and if you're beating a team 52 to nothing or 52 to 10, so be it. I mean, this is football. This isn't, you know, uh, mercy rule or anything like that. They've got to come out and show that they – they are legit. They are the team that can that we thought they would be in the preseason um, before season started. And there's just too much riding on this to to not to not deliver and and come up short again. And so, again, if you do, um, then there's a lot of questions to be had. And then you know this is just something a lot that we'll, we we don't know if we'll get back yeah. next year or nah, the following it, it just you get that feeling the window is uh, this is it. It's it's only open for another month and then when Breeze hangs it up it's you can still be good but in terms of a Super Bowl uh man it, you might have to wait for another era but with that you know one thing that the Saints and Packers both do really well is run the football Saints 6 Packers 8th I think the Seahawks are maybe 11th or 12th Tampa's just way near the bottom of the league that's I think that's going to catch up with them but but to your point in the NFC the path is there they can do it and someone asked me yesterday, look, if they lose in the playoffs, does everyone look at the season as a failure? And I, I said, years from now, no. But but in the moment and, and months from now, yes, because they openly said to a man, the coaches, the players, it's Super Bowl or bust this year. So, yeah, I think anything short of that, they'll look at as a failure. And, and you know, when time goes by and when the Saints are having, you know, a rough patch of seasons someday, folks will look back at 2020 season and say, you know, that was pretty good. Maybe Sean's best coaching job. They did a lot. They had all these. But nobody's thinking about that right now, and nobody's going to think about that win or lose. This is it, and I think that's why, as we open up this conversation, is the way we close it. I think that's why uh, Saints fans are going to have the anxiety of, of Paul Allen on the final play of a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, at some point it's coming, right? I mean, it's just you hate to see that come down, but look uh... – Thank God the Vikings aren't in the playoffs because you know there's <laughs> oh, uh, other ones that you just you know look at. But you know, I mean, you look at Chicago; they played them twice in the postseason. Uh, 2006, everybody remembers that Cinderella run, right? And then uh, you know, for the older fan, what was it? 1990 playoffs? They got beat by what Mike Tomzak and and uh, uh, Mike Ditka and such. And you know, that was just one of those things. So you can see different teams. There's there's revenge factors or those things that you got to do. Seattle's another team that, you know, you just, you've seen how they've played against Seattle and, and other teams like that. But look, I think uh, when you look at it all said and done, you're going to have a game or two where it's going to come down to the wire. It's just how football works. Right. And 
you just hope it's on the the right side of a Will Lutz drilling a long mm-hmm. field goal or a short field goal to send you to the next thing. But, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of anxiety. And anything about Saints fans, you'll have plenty of food and plenty of uh, adult beverages handy for to, to handle it. Let's just pray it doesn't end like this. Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that. <laughs> on that note, John, we appreciate the time. Saints lead ride. Saints news over at Sports Illustrated. John Hendricks at John J. Hendricks on Twitter. Appreciate it, man. All the best. And uh, hopefully we're talking to you in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thank you, John. Good stuff.